Welcome into the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexington Herald-Leader and Kentucky.com. On today's podcast, we have a special guest, former U.K. basketball All-American Jamal Mashburn. Uh, Jamal was nice enough to write a column for our Magic of Madness special section that came out in last Sunday's print edition of the Lexington Herald-Leader, and which you can find online at Kentucky.com. You know, in that section, we had numerous stories about Kentucky basketball's NCAA tournament history, including all eight championship teams, the most memorable U.K. games in March Madness, Kentucky's unexpected heroes, villains, clutch shots, the evolution of Kentucky fan celebrations. It's all in there. If you're And if you're a Kentucky basketball fan, or a Big Blue Nation member, it's a keepsake that you'll want to add to your collection. And for this special section, Jamal wrote about how he feels now about his decision to leave New York and attend the University of Kentucky and play basketball for Rick Pitino. He wrote about what it was like back then at UK, about rebuilding the Kentucky program, playing in the famous 1992 NCAA tournament East Region Final against Duke, about UK's trip to the Final in 1993 where the uh, Jamal and the Cats played Michigan and the Fab Five in the national semifinals. Uh, It it was a really interesting column. If you get a chance, check that out online on Kentucky.com. But for this particular podcast, I talked to Jamal about his career after basketball. Uh, Jamal's a very successful businessman. He He has ownership in over 90 businesses, including Outback Steakhouse, a lot of Outback Steakhouses, Papa John Pizza franchises, car dealerships, and other businesses. He is also on the board of several companies, including McClatchy, which owns the Lexington Herald-Leader and Kentucky.com. I talked to Jamal about why he went into business after basketball, about the things he learned during his basketball career that have helped him in the business world, and what advice he'd give young athletes or, or young people in general if they f- want to follow along the same path. Uh, We also talked a little basketball, too. I I squeezed in a couple of questions about basketball as well. Uh, I thought Jamal had some really interesting things to say. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with former UK All-American Jamal Mashburn. Okay, we're happy to have on the podcast. We're thrilled to have on the podcast Jamal Mashburn. How are you doing, Jamal? I'm doing well. How are you doing, John? I am doing great. Well, thanks again for participating in our special section I got a lot of good, great feedback on that. I wanted to ask you, though, about your kind of your post-basketball career. Uh, obviously, you've been very successful in business, very involved in the business world. Did you know when you were playing basketball that that's what you wanted to do? Yeah, I, I knew. Um, and uh, to give you a little background on that and why I chose the, the business path was my dad was a professional boxer. He was a heavyweight in the 70s. He fought Larry Holmes and Ken Norton. And he was a journeyman fighter and he wound up retiring from uh, boxing to be a a New York uh, special service officer at that time. And my mom was a bookkeeper um, for the New York City Housing Authority. And she put me in a school, middle school in downtown New York City called St. Jean the Baptist. And I used to ride the train down there and I used to see people wearing briefcase, carrying a briefcase and wearing a suit. And I got intrigued about what was in the briefcase. And that was kind of how it all started by riding that train and seeing people, you know, looking important and different things like that. And then also learning lessons from my dad of not having anything to, most people say fall back to, I looked, I say fall forward to, you know, uh, um, because he fall back to me sounds like failure uh, more than anything. Um, so that's what I wanted to do. I had no idea on what type of business or, or, um, uh, or what aspect or what industry I wanted to be involved in. But what business represented for me 
was utilization of the brain, essentially. And I've always thought of myself as a basketball player uh, when I was in high school, college, and also pro as a, as, a, as a man with a high IQ for the game, being able to see things differently, being able to uh, understand plays, being able to deal with people, being able to deal with failure and success. And to me, I wanted to figure out how to utilize that, essentially, at the end of the day, and not just wait for my basketball career to end as a professional. So I started as a, um, a young kid with that uh, inspiration. Um, and then when I got to college, I shared it with Coach Patino as he was, was recruiting me at that time. And uh, he's like, you know, I can help you with that. And um, he was one of the very few coaches that took me seriously in that aspect where a lot of college coaches didn't even want to entertain the conversation or they even uh, laughed at it a little bit. And, uh, you know, so for me, it would more represent it of utilizing more of your brain rather than your, your, your physical brute strength and, and, and flexibility or whatever it may be. It, to me, it was up top here. And uh, I think you can sustain a lot more by having it up top here rather than just playing from the neck down, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So when you were at UK, did you take classes that would help prepare you for that? Or was it later on that you really started focusing on that? So great question. Um, I was a communication major in college. And the reason why I chose communication was my philosophy was in looking at my mother and how she learned bookkeeping on the job, I figured that anywhere that I was going to go or participate in the business industry, I was going to have to learn on the job at, at some level or learn a part of that career path. And so I looked at it as I must have the ability to communicate. You know, to me, that was the transition thing to make sports uh, business, but I have to be able to communicate uh, along the way. So I looked to develop that. So I was a communication major in college, never got a chance to uh, uh, graduate um, uh, even though I got my honorary doctor from the University of Kentucky for all the service that I've done in my experience in the business career and what I've done in the community. But I learned years later that a degree is important, um, but it's more for, um, that's more theory. I was more into application at the end of the day and building a foundation. So that's why I took communication. I didn't know I was going to be leaving my junior year. You know, I didn't come into right. school anticipating that. Um, so for me, the communication route and also the workload of classes, it's awfully tough being a student athlete, you know? Um, so sometimes the major that most kids pick, you know, have to line up with what you're doing physically and mentally and emotionally on that basketball court, because it, it, you basically have two jobs. You're, you're satisfying your athletic requirement and also your academic requirement. And they both go hand in hand. So I've always considered myself a student athlete uh, to the core because what I've found is that when I'm doing well in uh, business or academics, it kind of gives me a, um, a little bit of a, a push away from sports and thinking about all the things that could or could not be, you know, it's, it's like a release, you know, it's like having two worlds, you know, and uh, you can bounce in between two, but now I'm, just, I'm conscious on, one world, which is the business world. And my son, Eham, was the athletic part. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, were there things that you, 
what are some of the things that you learned playing basketball, both collegiately and professionally, that have helped you in the business world? You know, um, things that have helped me are, A, time management and discipline. That, that, that's critical. Um, also, what has helped me is being able to deal with rejection and failure. That's been because as a basketball player, you probably, unless you're Shaq, you know, and you're underneath the rim and dunking it all the time, you probably miss more than you make. You know, um, and even if you ask him about free throws, he probably, you know, it's, it's, That's right. it's, you know, so um, you got to be able to deal with failure, understand technique, know when to pivot, um, uh, being able to see the floor, which is for me, being able to see the landscape of the industry and where it's coming or where it's going. Um, and uh, uh, also the, the ability to persevere, you know, um, the time it required for me to put in as a youngster starting at 10 years old to play basketball and to become a professional, you know, that was, I mean, but I left University of Kentucky at 20 years old. I mean, that was 10 years in the making. So if you think about it, it's just pretty, pretty much similar to somebody starting a company in their garage and taking that time of that 10 years to mature the company and grow the company. And their IPO is different than, Mine was, my IPO was getting selected by the Dallas Mavericks fourth overall, you know. Um, so there's a lot of time and there's a journey attached to it um, uh, that, that is very, very critical. So I, I, really, I really enjoyed the journey. That, that, that was my thing and, and really being patient. And that's something else that I've learned as well is to be patient um, and timing is everything. Mm-hmm. Timing is everything. And also too, to be blunt, you know, in order for you to win as a basketball player, you have to have good teammates, mm-hmm. you know, that are not only skilled, but they're also team oriented. And um, um, they want to sacrifice for the greater whole of the, of the team. And that's what you need to build your infrastructure and business. So a lot of those things uh, uh, for me apply. And some of the things that I rejected from my basketball career is locker room talk. You know what I mean? There are certain things that need to stay in the locker room that don't do well in the business world, you know? So uh, um, um, there's a a handful of things. So I often tell people I went to the NBA to get my MBA, you know? (laughs) So so it's it's been, it's been fruitful. What, What do you enjoy about what you're doing now? I enjoy, I enjoy strategy. Mm -hmm. I enjoy technology. Um, it's almost similar to you watch the game of basketball evolve from a uh, low post presence of Shaquille O'Neal to Steph Curry shooting three pointers. And I was a part of a, a, a team and also a coach that was ahead of his time in that regard of Rick Pitino at the university of Kentucky of shooting the three. So you, you see it evolve and I adopted it early because I was a versatile player and I had the ability to do so. So it's the same way for me in the business world. You know, if you don't evolve, you become a dinosaur at the end of the day. And those are the things that I really enjoy of looking how to disrupt industries, make my businesses more efficient, um, uh, really uh, uh, taking care of people at the end of the day. But as we get more involved in technology, I think it's more, um, uh, how do I say, more, there's much more of a need for personal touch and communication with individuals mm-hmm. that we don't rely on just technology because people 
are necessary and will always be necessary. So it's being able to adapt is something that I learned as well. But I enjoy the strategy. I enjoy looking at new business deals. I enjoy the efficiency of, of how we can get better utilizing technology. Those are the things that, that uh, uh, keep get my juices flowing. Well, what, I mean, I'm sure some people would say Jamal had a long and successful career in the NBA. He made a good amount of money. He's been successful in business. What keeps you going? I mean, I'm sure other people would say, you know, why don't, you know, just, just rest on your laurels, uh, yeah. you know, go ahead and retire from business, from the business world. But it sounds like you really enjoy it. Yeah, I really enjoy it. And and also what my motivation is very similar to what I was as a basketball player was continuously uh, looking to uh, be better. Uh-huh. You know, um, I don't think I will ever lose that appetite as an athlete that can apply it to the business world or even my personal life of how do I become better, you know, um, and not buy into the belief that you've arrived, you know. Um, So for me, I look at my example that I need to show to my kids, Jamal uh, uh, Mashburn Jr., which we call him Jay, and my daughter Taylor, um, to provide that example and not for them to follow in my footsteps, but take the core values and, and lessons from the journey. They don't have to be me. So that really drives me. And then also a lot of this stuff, I mean, I take meetings with people where, I mean, I know I'm not doing a deal, but just for the education, just, just to learn, you know, and I'm a lifelong learner. I don't think that will ever go away from me. And um, I could retire, but to me, that, that's the equivalent to death essentially, you know, so um, uh, I want to be around as long as possible. And I think keeping your mind sharp, motivated um, uh, with the right diet of information coming in and out um, keeps you young. Mm-hmm. A couple of couple of other things I wanted to ask you about. One is giving back. I know with the Jamal Mashburn Scholarship and other things that you've been involved with, it seems like it's been very important to you to give back. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's, it's very important for me because I remember when I was a kid in Harlem and um, Dave Winfield, which was my favorite player, played for the Yankees. Um, and he was my favorite player growing up. And I was actually a baseball fan before I became a basketball fan because I grew up right across the water at Yankee Stadium and had the chance to go to um, some games there when Con Edison would give the community uh, tickets. Mm-hmm. So I remember Dave Winfield standing up and, and um, uh, at an at a, at a arena, and it was for Christmas, and he would give away toys, you know? And I was one of those kids. And I actually ran into Dave Winfield when I worked up at ESPN and thanked him. Really? And, yeah, and, and it was a great <laughs> moment, you know, because he yeah. knew who I was, but he didn't know that there was a kid, myself, watching him as a young kid trying to emulate him and what he uh, signified in my life at that particular time. So for me, it's always been a staple of mine because my mother, um, she was a big community uh, giver and she instilled that in, into me. And then also, you know, I want people with the scholarship fund to experience um, a level of, um, of uh, education that I received at the University of Kentucky, traditional and also non-traditional, being on campus and different things like that. So it's always been important to me that 
that you give um, um, and you give openly because everybody doesn't have an opportunity to necessarily uh, be at the MBA level, but I can inspire them in different ways. What about when you, what, what, what advice would you give to kids, whether they're in college who play, or are playing sports, but thinking about long-term after sports or even uh, young professionals when they're just starting out and they say, Hey, I want to, I want to follow in your footsteps or I want to do what you, you did have a career after basketball, whether it's in business or something else, but especially in business, what advice do you give those kids? I, I often tell kids, you know, no, how, no matter how crazy your dream might be to somebody else or even yourself, go follow it. You know, um, what are you passionate about? And oftentimes what you're passionate about doesn't necessarily equate into dollars, but it can equate into information that can allow you to be uh, successful in another area. So I, I always tell kids to follow your dreams, but also build a foundation to, um, uh, to be successful because at the end of the day, you're gonna, it's a process. You need to take steps. And everybody wants instant gratification right now, but anything that's worth its salt is going to require time. A lot of digging, a lot of molding, getting your hands dirty. And I always say find a mentor that has done it correctly, but find a mentor that has similar core values to you. Um, um, that, that, you know, some people may value money. Other people may value growing a company. Other people may value uh, starting a company. So there's different um, avenues to it, but be passionate, be resilient, um, uh, keep striving. And even when you think it's time to give up, uh, uh, don't give up. So I'm a person that's always pushing, always pushing. Um, it has to be a concrete no for me to stop. And even then I don't stop, you know, because I, I have this, 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 uh, uh, you know, thing in my gut that says keep on going. Is it your sense that more and more kids are thinking long-term? That they're not just thinking about their career, their careers, uh, or not. It yeah, seems to me I, that more and more are, but I, that's just from the outside looking in. Yeah, I think guys are much more conscious of their life after basketball uh -huh. and building their brand. Um, um, there's different ways guys go about it. I chose the the path of not necessarily being a business endorser, but more or less being a guy that. Um, that is an operator and understands business. Cause that to me, you have much more of a, a sustainable business career. You know, when you understand the in and outs of things, you know, uh, business endorsers can be replaced by the next hot thing that's coming along, you know? Um, um, so a lot of athletes have extensions of their brand that they're growing. Um, so the conversation is uh, continuous. Um, I like where a lot of these young athletes are going from, you know, LeBron James to a kid named Thaddeus Young, who does a lot of, uh, he plays for the Bulls, does a lot of venture tech deals. So you, you, you see from the, what I'm starting to notice is the top guys are doing their thing, but the meat and potatoes of the NBA players and athletes are starting to do their things as well. And to me, that's where it grows from. The top athletes are going to have opportunities because of their name. You know, it's the, it's the meat and potatoes of that, at that league um, um, that, that are thriving now and finding those opportunities, but also salaries have grown too as well. So there's many more opportunities for them to participate in deals as well. Right. But I, I got to ask you a basketball question before I let you go. Obviously with your son playing, I mean, you're still, I'm sure a fan and pay attention to basketball. 
What do you think of the game today, and it, how is it much different? We talked before about Coach Patino and the trendsetter, especially with the three-point shot and so forth. He was ahead of the curve on that. What do you think of the game today? I like it. I like it. I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy watching it. Um, I think it's much more of a skill game, even though basketball has always been a skill game. But when I played in the pros in the 90s and late 90s, it was much more physical uh, than anything. Um, so, so for me, I enjoy the skill part of it and the, the, the attention to detail, the uh, finesse part of the game, the strategy of it, the analytics of it. Um, and the way I look at myself, if I played today, I definitely would have been a super max guy, you know, based upon my versatility, you know, uh, right. that's me to my horn. But um, the way I played the game, I think I would have thrived mm-hmm. in this uh, um, uh, new age game because I can shoot the three. I can uh, dribble. I can pass. I can do all the things that were required. And I think um, uh, looking back on it probably the 90s, early 90s with myself, Penny Hardaway and Grant Hill, we ushered along in that versatile player um, that can do a lot of different things and didn't have to have a position, more or less. And I think when you add that into there and you plug people in, that's the foundation of, of how basketball is today. It's positionless. Everybody has to be able to do everything. So I, I enjoy watching it. I, I actually enjoy watching it more than I did when I played. I think it's a much more visual game. Uh, the three-point shot, I think it added in another element that I think is critical, which is, at the end of the day, put the ball in the basket. You know, um, And a lot of guys are doing it from three and, and different things like that. But just the creativity and the openness of the game that shows the beauty of the game. You know, I, I really, I really, really enjoy enjoy it. And um, you know, I, I, you know, everything has a cycle, but um, uh, this style of play, I actually enjoy watching a lot more. Well, one of the things I always admired about you, especially at Kentucky, but also in the pros, you made the guys around you better, better players. And I think your versatility had a lot to do with that. Does that translate in business as well? Are you looking for people who make the not only that that they're not only good people, but they make people around them better. Yeah. I, I mean, the first thing I, I always talk to people about, and even in the business that I've been a part of and uh, want to get involved in is I'm invested in people at the end of the day, right. you know, I'm invested in teammates at the end of the day. And, um, you know, they can provide different functions and, and, or efficiencies or whatever it may be, but I'm invested in people. I don't necessarily invest in ideas as much as I invest in the people behind the ideas that can execute. So I look for teammates of that particular caliber, uh, men, women, child, animal, doesn't matter. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you, you invest in, in, in quality people and you allow them to grow as well. And you allow them to participate not only as a, somebody that works for you, but also somebody that can be a partner with you, you know, um, I enjoy that part of, of finding entrepreneurs um, within certain sects and, and uh, providing uh, uh, certain organizational structures and, and controls that allows them to kind of do their thing, you know? And the one thing that I've learned from sport is that, you know, a man can't be an island, you know? He's gonna need others to participate uh, for the common goal to achieve whatever that success is gonna be. So. I've always invested in people, you know, and uh, 
Um, uh, I think that's that's never going to change, and it never should change, in my opinion. Well, Jamal, I really appreciate your time. I appreciate, again, you participating in our special section on UK basketball and the NCAA tournament over the years. Got a lot of great feedback. People really enjoyed reading that. And I really enjoyed talking to you today about your life after basketball and business. I really appreciate it. Thank you, John. Always a pleasure. Anytime. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. Uh, my very special thanks to my special guest, Jamal Mashburn. I want to thank him for coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed talking to Jamal about his life after basketball, about his success in the business world, about what he's seen there, about how basketball helped prepare him for the business world, his advice to youngsters. I thought I thought all of that was really interesting stuff. I hope you enjoyed it as well. I hope, too, if you haven't done so already, you will check out our Magic of Madness section and the column that Jamal wrote for that as well. You can find it online at Kentucky.com. Like I mentioned at the top of the podcast, there's a ton of stories uh, in the section uh, about UK's history in March Madness, uh, the great games, the heroes, the villains, uh, memories, the champ, all eight championship teams. It's all in there. Be sure and check that out at Kentucky.com. I want to thank everybody who supports our work at Kentucky.com and the Lexington Herald Leader and encourage you to get a sports-only sports pass digital subscription to Kentucky.com. It's just $30 for the first year. You get all of our UK basketball coverage, UK football, UK recruiting, our high school coverage, horse racing columns. It's all in there. $30 for the first year. Go to my Twitter account. Uh, You can follow me at Twitter at John Clay IV. At the top, there's a pinned tweet that gives you all the information. Click on that tweet. That'll take you right to where you can sign up for the Sports Pass, Sports Only digital subscription to Kentucky.com, or just go to Kentucky.com, hit on the subscription tab, check out all of our offers for digital subscriptions to Kentucky.com or a print subscription to the Lexton Herald Leader as well. I want to thank everybody who supports this podcast and listens to the podcast. You can find the John Clay Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Tuned In, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts. Leave us a rating and review. That really helps us to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we'll have plenty more podcasts. Even though football and basketball is over, there's still plenty to talk about, and we'll have plenty of podcasts throughout the spring and summer months. So I want to thank everybody who listens to the podcast and supports the podcast. I want to thank our special guest, Jamal Mashburn, for coming on the podcast. Again, we really enjoyed talking to Jamal. We hope you enjoyed it as well. And we'll be talking to you again soon.